on today's show, some important early season statistics to help contextualize how good this Houston Rockets team has been defensively. Also, the Rockets national media narrative is now shifting what that means for the team moving forward. And should the Rockets maybe be interested in pursuing Zach Levine or possibly another star? And that kind of segues us into a broader conversation of should the Rockets make a win now move this season? It's all coming up right here at Locked on Rockets. This is Mission Control, Houston. Ignition sequence start. Throw it up to Jalen Green. Shingoon here in the short row. Oh, Mike, that's the no look. Jabari for three and the win. Yeah! Look at Tarisen. Here comes Tarisen. No! T-minus 15 seconds. Guidance is internal. The Houston Rockets select Amen Thompson and Cam Whitmore. One thing I have never done is not made the playoffs, and so we want to take that step here as well. Six. What's up and welcome to another edition of Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball. As always, I'm your host, Jackson Gatlin, native Houstonian and credentialed media member. I'm also the host of Locked on NBA Mondays. Be sure to follow along on Twitter at JT Gatlin and the show, of course, at Locked on Rockets, free and available wherever you listen to your podcasts, including YouTube. And as always, thank you so much for making Locked on Rockets part of your day every single day, whether it's on your way to work, on your lunch break, in the gym. Thank you for being an everydayer. Thank you for making the show part of your day every single day. A couple shout-outs here for a couple of our everydayers. Uh, Robert, who works for the Rockets. Fletcher, who I met at the Rockets-Pelicans game. And then Landry, that I met at Tinseltown. Shout-out to all three of you guys. And shout-out to everybody who sees me out and about and, you know, tells me that they love the show. I really do appreciate each and every one of you. If you see me out and about, Stop me, say what's up, give me your name, I'll give you a shout out in the show, um, because I really do appreciate all my everydayers. He's back! Joining us now is your weekly co-host, none other than the X of those man himself, Ali Khan Bijani, who can track down on Twitter at Rockets underscore Insider. Took me a while to track him down, but finally got him back on the show, and hopefully we'll be back to our regularly scheduled programming from here on out. But Ali Khan, this has been an exciting start to this Rockets season. You picked a good time to jump right back in the saddle and be able to talk about this team, man. Yeah, it's been I actually I haven't been on the show since before the season. So this is my first time uh, um, having a chance to talk about them during the season. Appreciate you, Jackson, for bringing me back. And uh, it's been it's been a crazy few weeks, crazy few months for me personally. So I appreciate your patience and support. Uh, through it all and excited to be talking Rockets basketball. Absolutely. And we got a lot of good stuff to get into on today's show. We'll kind of tackle some of the uh, national media narrative change about this team. We're going to get into that as well as some of the rumors circulating about Zach Levine and whether the Rockets should pursue Zach Levine, but, but also kind of that segues into a bigger, larger conversation about whether the Rockets should be looking at making some quote unquote win now moves this season, or if they should, you know, kind of stand pat and see what they have with this group. We'll tackle that discussion a little bit later on in today's show. But where we want to start with, Ali Khan, we were talking about this before we hit the record button. You've dug up some interesting stats that you want to share with the audience here. And kind of, we we want to also just hear some of your early season takeaways, since this is your first chance to talk about this new look Rockets team so far this season. Yeah, it's it's been very enjoyable. I actually got a chance to go to the Rockets um game a few 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 games ago when they played the Pelicans. Um and that was my first time kind of seeing them in person. And 
it's it's off to a good start. And I want to see, hopefully see this continue going into this upcoming road trip. Um, but from where this team was these last few years to where it's now, I know it's it's something that's fun. It's great to see, and it's great to be talking finally actual basketball, Jackson. Um, but no, you're right. I, I do have some things. And uh, I, Jackson, I wonder if some of the stuff kind of matches with the eye test you're seeing when you're at practice, when you're at games. And I'm going to start off with this one. The Rockets are allowing the fourth fewest field goal attempts per game for opposing teams at 85.1 shot attempts per game. They are seventh in opponent field goal percentage. So opponents are only shooting 45.4% against them. Now, why do I bring those two stats up? It's because they're playing at one of the slowest paces in the league offensively because that's slowing the game down so much. It allows them to get back in transition, which they are. They're getting back in transition after missed shots, made shots. I, I, um, I want to point, point out, Alicon, not one of the slowest paces. They are the slowest paced team slowest in the NBA. Paces. Yeah. And, and I, I, I think it's by design. The more you limit the amount of times an opposing team can get out in transition, the better your transition defense is going to look. But also it allows you to get set. And the, right now the Rockets are one of the best half-court defenses in the NBA and that's because as a young team, it's easier for you to be able to play in half court versus have to get back in transition and think and then get in to what you want to do defensively. Um, the Rockets are top 10 in both the fewest right and left corner threes allowed, but middle of the pack for above the break, above the break threes. Now that's by design. They're trying to take away the corner threes, but they're playing so much nail help that it does open you up to some of these kind of threes when somebody's lifting or rotating from that corner into the above the break. Um, and so they're basically taking away the the easy quote unquote corner threes. They're at the rim. They're doing a great job of protecting the rim. They're giving, they're not allowing as many shot attempts per game at the rim compared to other teams in the NBA and Shangun and, and credit to uh weak side rotations as well. Field goal percentage is also down for opposing teams when they're inside the paint, especially from zero to five feet. So overall, the identity of this defense is, is, is starting to take shape, right? Take away the corners, keep the defense structured where you're funneling towards a big or towards the help in the middle of the floor. You have a nail defender at all times. Whenever there's a screen, as soon as the big is rolling off the screen, there is a nail defender. What I mean by nail is free throw line extended. Essentially, instead of the defender being at the three-point line, they're essentially closer to that free throw line extended and kind of ready to just jump in to the driving lane or the rolling lane to take away any sort of kind of easy opportunity at the rim. They basically which cheating, off, cheating off their man. Yeah, you know, che- 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 the cheating, yeah, cheating off the perimeter and doing all those things. And, and that's kind of what their identity has become. And it's interesting even more so because they force an NBA best. They're the best team in the NBA at forcing tightly contested shots. They, f- they force, I think, 14 almost tightly contested shots per game. And also they're second in the NBA in the most field goal attempts for an opposing team in the last four seconds of the shot clock, which is around 10. So think about that. 10, almost 10 uh, field goal attempts out of their 85 allowed are in the last four seconds of the shot clock. That's almost like 13%. That is incredible. Far and away, you know, one of the best kind of complete turnarounds we've seen in a while for any team. And it's 
it, it just it gives you a really good indication. I hope these stats kind of give you an idea of what this identity is becoming for this team is slow and methodical offensively, which leads to a structured defense, you know, in the half court. You're playing point of attack. And by the way, those nail defenders, those cheating defenders are usually Dylan Brooks or Fred Van Fleet. They're almost exclusively hovering around that kind of above the break um, nail area. So whenever there is some sort of screen and roll action, it's usually Dylan Brooks or Fred Van Fleet involved. So those two being the best point of attack defenders right now on the team are able to navigate those screens and kind of push and funnel uh, the, the ball towards where it's supposed to go defensively. So just overall, the structure, the scheme, it's looking great and the stats back it up. I've been incredibly impressed with the defense so far. The communication has been on another level compared to anything we've seen previously with this team where everybody feels connected. They still have the occasional defensive breakdown, the occasional miscommunication, but you immediately see, you know, instead of guys looking around, shrugging their shoulders, like, oh, we don't know who that was. You immediately see Dylan Brooks or Fred Van Vliet or Jeff Green, one of the veterans, you know, out there explaining to whoever the, the mix up happened with, hey, this is what happened here. This is what, you know, you need to iron out the next time down. And this Rockets team has has that kind of like gritty, like mm, slow it down, muck it up type identity where they kind of almost remind you of like the grit and grind Grizzlies from a few years back where they are yeah. intentionally slowing things down and trying to take teams out of playing their their version of high octane, fast paced offense. And it's working for them. Yeah. What's even crazier to me, I, I really like this stat. They're top 10 in forcing um each position to have an offensive player hold the ball for more than six seconds. Now that's pretty incredible because what they're doing is they're switching a lot, right? Not only are they helping off the nail and kind of doing different things, pick and roll with that high kind of at the screen uh, coverage for Alper and Shangun, where he's defending at the level of the screen, but when they're switching it immediately takes the rhythm away from the offensive uh, from the offense they're not able to do what they want to do. It's forcing them into an isolation. They're holding the ball. They're trying to figure out, okay, I can't get to where my initial action was. I have to figure out what the mismatch is. And that's what's leading them towards the end of the shot clock, which we talked about, almost 10 shot attempts per game in the last four seconds of the shot clock. Coming up, we're going to get into some more early season takeaways, stats, a lot of good fun stuff, as well as the Rockets national media narrative shift. And should this Rockets team be pursuing a win now piece sooner rather than later? We're going to get into all of that and so much more in just one moment. First, today's episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. Our partners at eBay Motors have teamed up with Locked On Fantasy Basketball host Josh Lloyd to bring you some of the best fantasy picks each and every week all season long. Whether you're prepping for a daily draft or scouting the waiver wire, every week we're going to provide you players that are guaranteed to fit on your roster. So let's see who Josh has picked out for us on this week's eBay Guaranteed Fit Fantasy Picks of the Week. First on the list, we got Bilal Koulibaly. The Wizards rotation continues to be all over the place, but Bilal has played 30-plus in the last two games, and he is their future, a massive defensive option. Skylar Mays should be starting for at least the rest of the week, and his value is great for fantasy teams until at least Malcolm Brogdon returns. And then Kyle Lowry, former Houston Rocket. Lowry had a minuscule usage rate to start the season, but without Tyler Harrow in the lineup for the Miami Heat, Kyle Lowry has to step up, and he has. He's a strong add for now. 
So Josh from Locked On Fantasy Basketball is going to help you with your fantasy championship. And eBay Motors knows a championship team is about each player being a perfect fit, the exact same as with your vehicle. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you can make sure your ride stays running smoothly. That's brake kits, LED headlights, roof rack, bumpers, whatever your car needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time every time or your money back plus at these prices you're burning rubber not cash keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com ebay guaranteed fit only available to u.s customer customers eligible items only exclusions apply and continuing on here at locked on rockets your daily podcast home for everything houston rockets basketball now gotta tell you guys some really exciting news here locked on has launched the first ever national sports 24 7 streaming channel on youtube locked on sports today is here for you 24 7 covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of locked on plus our national shows covering every single league so go to locked on sports today on youtube and subscribe for the first ever national sports 24 7 streaming channel go check it out it's a ton of fun it's some really cool stuff that we're doing here at locked on but alicon let's shift things back to the rockets for a second and well not back to the rockets we're going to focus on the rockets go check out the national sports channel we're locked on the Rockets. we are locked on the rockets every day locked on the rockets right here oh my all right so you hit us with some wonderful stats there in segment one and some really niche stats. You were really like in the trenches to find some of that data and we appreciate that. But I'm curious, just your kind of general like Im- early impressions from this team, just your thoughts kind of watching this team, seeing where they started the season at and how they've kind of grown to where we see them now at this this six and three record and what they've been able to accomplish so far. You know, I, I, I think the key word for me is accountability. Um, when I was at the game on Friday against uh, when the Rockets played the Pelicans, I was paying attention to the bench the entire time. What is Ime Yudoka doing? Uh, how was the best uh, the, the bench engaged? And every time a player would make a mistake, Yudoka would call them over immediately, have a conversation with them, you know, showcase his frustration if they did something really bad. And then you would see teammates go and, and talk to other teammates as well about what, what they're seeing on the court, what's going on. During the play, everybody is engaged. Nobody's outside. Nobody's pulling a Jordan Poole. Everybody's engaged in the, in, in the discussion. Jordan Poole out here catching strays on a Rockets podcast. <laughs> Man, that's when, you, um, that's when you know it's bad for the Wizards. <laughs> I, I do want to point out one thing. When the Rockets were playing the Nuggets, and obviously we know, we, we know Joker's stat line, there was a there was a point in the fourth quarter where during I think it was Jalen Green taking free throws, Yudoka took um LP to the side and he told him, You can do it. I believe in you. You can do it. You, you can defend him. We're gonna leave you one-on-one. And I think that's because LP was probably calling for help. And when I went back and looked, it was because he was calling for help on a previous defensive possession. And immediately afterwards, Ime went up to him and said, No. You're going to be able to handle it. You can do it one-on-one. And that kind of small stuff right there, that stands out. That type of accountability, but also with supporting a player, those teachable moments, coachable moments, instilling confidence in players. To me, that's what you're seeing in the six-game winning streak. You're seeing a team with structure, but with a coach that wants to win, and they're taking on the identity of this coach. And I'm excited to be able to see them continue this moving forward, but it's going to come down to now you're on the road. Now you're not waking up in the same bed. You usually wake up at home. You're traveling. You have a very difficult schedule, kind of five games and seven nights, essentially. You have to be able to figure this out. 
and, and see how you do against tougher t- opponents, uh, opponents in the West. So for me, I'm, I'm excited to watch this team. I think they're going to be a team that's competing for a play in a playoff spot. And they're, they've proved that already, but to call this team definitively as a good team, let's see how they do this road trip. Because right now, you know, you got to call them good, but let's see definitively if they can be a good team and how well they do this upcoming road trip. You know, I think, I think my whole argument has been, you know, I think we can look at this team and we can, we can definitively say they will be a good team because it's not just, oh, they had a couple hot shooting games and they got hot from behind the three-point line and they they sank a team like that. That happens every year. There's a few games where even the bad teams will upset a good team because everybody catches fire at once or the other team goes cold, whatever. The way they're winning to me, Alicon, seems like it's sustainable because, again, as we highlighted with all those fantastic statistics, yeah. statistics in the first segment, this team is winning with defense, right? This is a defensive identity now, and defense is not something that leaves you. Defense is something you can rely on throughout all four quarters throughout all 82 yeah. games well into the playoffs and your offense will have its ebb and flow your offense will sometimes wane you'll have offensive droughts you'll have games where guys are struggling the defense is always something you can rely on so for yeah. me i do feel like this version of success that this rocket team has kind of tapped into is sustainable also quick side note it's not like they're going up against Super, uh, you know, upper echelon competition now because the Clippers are imploding in spectacular fashion. So they Steph Curry's out for the Warriors. Steph Curry's out for the Warriors. Draymond Green is about to be suspended for the Warriors because he put Rudy Gobert into a chokehold and put like a full blown, you know, MMA like headlock on him, dragged him like you know, one quarter length of the court away from the little scuffle between the the Wolves and Warriors. So, I mean, the Warriors are going to be, you know, missing a couple of their key pieces. The Clippers are a tire fire right now, and they already beat the Lakers. So now maybe this Lakers matchup will be different if Anthony Davis is in the picture on this, this next go around. But that'll be a nice little test to see because this Rockets team has, unfortunately, they haven't faced anybody at full strength yet, um, at least during yeah. this win streak. And I, I do want to say something you mentioned about defense. One thing just about points that stood out. I, I harped on this a lot with you, Jackson, over the summer, even last season. You have to play fundamentally good defense. Mm-hmm. That means getting into position. This is the best I've ever seen this Rockets team in the last three years close out on shooters. And what I mean by that, and they're not just closing out where they're closing out hard to funnel them inside. They're closing out in position where their hands are up. They have their knees bent. And they're funneling on purpose based off of the scouting report, the direction in which they want that shooter to drive the basketball. Well, that watching, to me watching Dylan Brooks on close is, is an absolute like it's watching Dylan Brooks, Fred Van Vliet, Jeff Gray, like watching veterans who understand how to close out and then also watching the young guys start to emulate that behavior and understanding, hey, we're going to close this guy out because we want to send him to his weaker hand or we want to force him baseline exactly. on a closeout, like all these different yes. things, right? Little little things that you don't even notice or really think about or haven't thought about for the last two and a half years that this team is now picking up on and doing those fundamentally sound little things defensively. And that's why this team has taken such significant strides in such a short amount of time defensively. I think that's been probably the most impressive thing is just how quickly Ime Odoka has managed to turn this thing around because we all thought that this was not going to be like an overnight thing. Like I thought it was going to take a lot longer for this team to suddenly play some high level basketball, but he's got them at least locked in defensively right out of the gate. And because of that, because of this six game win streak and because of the Rockets being one of the hottest teams in the NBA, the national media narrative is starting to change about this team. We're starting to get some actual 
positivity in the national media concerning the Houston Rockets. Alec, and we've got guys like Bill Simmons uh, talking about the Rockets in a positive light. We've got Kevin O'Connor putting Alperin Shingun and his top 50 players in the NBA on his most recent, like top 50 players poll, whatever. Uh, he's got Alpi somewhere in that, like, 40 to 50 range somewhere in there. Uh, Sam Vecini has been one of the few national media guys that's actually had some good things historically to say about the Rockets, but he continues to say positive things. And we're seeing this narrative really start to shift. And I just, I, I want to take a moment to give a ton of credit to first off, Ime Odoka for, for being the guy to really almost, I want to, I don't want to quite say single-handedly change this organization or turn this thing around. Cause he's, he's put a lot of people in positions to be successful and he's not doing it alone. Right. It's taking the extensions of Fred and Dylan on the court, his coaching staff, all that. But I want to give credit to the Fertitas for, you know, basically making that higher, right. We know that they, they like, were sold on Ime. They didn't do second round interviews. They got the first interview with Ime and they were like, no, this is our guy. We want him. Shout out to Tillman Fertitta for being, you know, being willing to pay for a top tier head coach for not messing around, not exploring other candidates, not seeing if he could get a cheaper option elsewhere. This team could have very easily had Frank Vogel, and James Harden. And they brought Ime Udoka in, and Ime Udoka took one look at the James Harden circus and was like, I'm good on that. And I know that Ime came out a little bit later on and said that it was nothing against James Harden, the player, nothing against him as a person, all that. He just didn't fit the vision that he had for this team. But I think that now that we're seeing this vision actually start to come together and coalesce and, and watching it in action, I could not be more happier, more happier, happier, whatever, that the Rockets did not go the James Harden route. I'd kind of talked myself into it a little bit there for a little while that maybe he would help elevate the play of the young guys, this, that, and the other thing. But now that we're seeing this version of the team, Alicon, I'm really, really grateful that that was the direction that they ultimately went. Yeah, I, I agree. It's it's great to be able to see Fred on the court coaching, uh, keeping players accountable, getting players in the right spots. I mean, the fact that LP is doing what he's doing in my and it, and if you take a look at the stats, Alpi and Fred's minutes are very much mirror connected. That's on purpose because Alpi is set up so well by Fred. Alpi's doing all these great things, which in my opinion are sustainable. And Alpi's being it's been such a dominant force, but a lot of that you know is because he has a point guard who is setting him up off the pick and rolls, which Alpi has gotten so much better as a screener and kind of a roller. Fred's giving him the bounce pass where he's stepping in, you know, and, and catching the ball and able to make those decisions. Fred is able to find him down low in post-ups and get him going from there too. He's helping get the offense organized. So you're seeing the Shen hub, the Shangun um, sensation, you know, kick off for the Rockets. And a lot of that, like I said, has to do just with Fred and setting him, not just Shangun, but his teammates up so Shangun can be successful. Yeah, there's only, uh, and I believe you you brought this up to me before we started recording, but they've only played Alper and Shingun 24 minutes without Fred Van Vliet out there on the court. Now, it, it's a very, very small sample size, that that number, but it matches the eye test to where Ime has kind of anchored those two together because they really have developed a, a very, very fast chemistry with one another to where Fred understands and sees how to set Alpi up. He knows how to hit that little pocket pass to Alpi in the middle of the floor where then he can either attack his, his, his matchup or break down the defense with his passing, whatever. And 
LP has done a fantastic job of making life easier on Fred, right? Opening up with his screening on the perimeter, being that role man with all his gravity. I've talked about this a few different times now that, you know, different guys like you know, Jock Landale or even Jeff Green when he's in the game, they don't have the same gravity for Fred Van Vliet to open him up offensively. And Fred's not the type of guard who is going to, you know, hit the hezzy tween combo and create a lot of space and separation by himself. He can do it in certain mismatches and in certain moments, but by and large, he's a guard that needs a big man and needs a pick to create that separation to either get going downhill or to open up his jumper. And Alpi does a fantastic job of being that complimentary piece for Fred Van Vliet. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I said like a few moments ago, Alpi has exceeded my expectations of how, well, I wouldn't say expectations, but how fast he would be uh, to get to his point as a screener and a roller. He he knows the angle so well. He, the way he's flipping screens, the way he's setting the screens, getting an advantage just based on the small flip of an angle. I mean, Alpi is playing such great offensive basketball right now. And you can only just wonder about what his peak will be and just that compliment between him and Fred. And like I said, Fred is elevating Alpi, but I agree with you as well. Alpi is also elevating Fred as well because of how much they are able to work together to create everything else for the rest of their teammates. Coming up, want to get into a bit of a, a broader scale topic here in should the Rockets be looking to make a, a win now move? We'll tackle kind of some of the, the Zach Levine rumors, how that may or may not impact the Houston Rockets and then kind of that broader scale uh, topic as well. We're going to get to that in just one moment. First, today's episode is brought to you by Ibotta. How does free Thanksgiving sound? This year, Ibotta is here to give you cash back and help make sure your Thanksgiving table is complete because who wants turkey without the gravy? Starting November 1st for the fourth year in a row, Ibotta is giving 100% cash back on your Thanksgiving feast. Just add the offers in the app to redeem for everything you need to make your Thanksgiving feast complete. All you have to do is shop at your favorite retailers and upload your receipt. Ibotta gives you real cash back on hundreds of grocery items from produce to personal care to pantry goods so you can make sure you're beating inflation no matter what you're purchasing. Other apps give you points that don't really amount to much, but with Ibotta, you get real cash back that you can cash out to your bank about PayPal, or even gift cards. So download the Ibotta app now and use code LOCKED to get 100% cash back on your Thanksgiving dinner starting November 1st. Just go to the App Store or Google Play Store and download the free Ibotta app and use code LOCKED. That's Ibotta, I-B-O-T-T-A, in the Google Player App Store and use code LOCKED. And final segment here at Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball. Now, the way we're going to start this segment is actually a little a little strange because let's be completely honest. It, does Zach Levine make a ton of sense for this Houston Rockets team? Probably not really. Um, yeah, Alicon's like already hard pass. Um, it's worth exploring in just the sense that I kind of wanted to use it as a tool to kind of segue into a bigger, more you know, wide-reaching conversation that I think is important to the Houston Rockets. Zach Levine. <laughs> The great comparison for Jalen Green. Yeah, there we go. That's a topic. No, um, look, we've we've you know bludgeoned that one to death over the years. But look, Zach Levine, he's making forty million dollars. I know there are some Rockets fans that would probably would probably love to have Zach Levine on this team, but it, it's not feasible. The Rockets can't get him unless they package together all their expiring deals and then include a young guy. Like it's it's not going to make a lot of sense, right? So Zach Levine, not going to happen for the Houston Rockets. But I think it does bring to light a very important question here, Alicon, which is how seriously should this Rockets team take themselves this year in the sense of should they be looking to make a quote-unquote 
all-in move or a big deal this season, right? We've talked, we've long talked about the idea of this Rockets team and holding on to their assets, the, the Brooklyn Nets picks, and they've got all this young talent now and being poised to jump at the next disgruntled yeah. superstar, distra- yeah. distressed asset, whoever becomes available on the market. It could be Zion Williamson sooner rather than later has given his uh, post-game presser the other night where he said that he's trying oh, yeah. his best to buy into what the Pelicans are doing with like the most disgruntled look on his face. But you're looking at the way this team is playing basketball right now. And I wonder if they wouldn't be better served rather than maybe waiting in the wings for like that next star player to shake loose, maybe adding one to two key like high level rotation pieces and just being a good five man group. Right. And just kind of waiting and seeing what would happen with some of these young guys. Right. Can Alperin Shingun be your star? Can Jalen Green develop into your star guy? I don't think this team necessarily needs to go out and trade for an established star, a quote unquote star in today's NBA especially when you look at how well this team has been playing this season. I think they're like one legit backup center away from, or maybe adding like an elite caliber wing to being a top four, top five team in the Western conference. Wow. Well, I'm going to push back a little bit. Okay. Um, I, I I think the one area I want to see improvement before I kind of decide whether it's a star, whether it's rotation players, I want to see the Rockets more in late game situations. I think right now, um, they've won some of these late game situations because Fred shot on Friday um, against the Pelicans and then collectively Jeff Green's big three. I mean, just collectively overall against the Nuggets. Um, but we need to see more of how they look like in close game, late game situations. You're not going to always have the chance to, you know, run a three man action or kind of runs spread, pick and roll, Spain, pick and roll horns and kind of get an advantage you're likely going to have switching going on. And what happens with switching, Jackson? You end up getting the offense out of rhythm. And when that happens, you have to be able to take advantage of mismatches. And right now, the Rockets, it, I, I, I don't want to be mistaken, but I'm pretty confident the number is three. 3% of their offensive possessions are isolations. Okay? That's because they're second in the NBA and points per game out of screen assists. The Warriors are first with 30. The Rockets are second with 24. A lot of their a lot of their offense is predicated on this ball movement, player movement aspect of it. But when the game gets close, and you know a team switches to pick and roll, is Fred going to be that guy who's going to knock down big shots for you, multiple possessions in a row, or not going to big kind of counter punch, you know, in a late game or, situation? Or can, or can, can, Fred be, can Fred be the guy who creates his own offense in an isolation situation? That's the that's but, the but like, who, who's the guy? Is is it yeah. Jalen? Yeah. You don't know if Jalen's a good isolation player yet, especially from the last few years. So what I'm saying is I think we need to give it a little bit of time, give it a few more games for us, or give it a, not a few more, handful of more games to see what this team looks like in late game situations. And then I think we can have this conversation of, is it a star or is it a rotation player? Personally, I think I'm leaning towards an established star or somebody who's a shot creator and shot maker. Because I think as your team evolves, if Jalen is not that guy, but Jalen is still very good, you need somebody. Maybe Jalen becomes that guy, but you still need somebody else also, ideally, to be a shot maker. Alperin Shangun has showed he can do that in isolation situations. He can go against the best of the best and do that. Jabari is a clutch shooter. All those all those things are there. We've seen flashes of it. But when now that you have a good team, right, 
as you talked about, Jackson, you called it a good team. And, and we see this good team playing in these late game situations. How do they look when more switching occurs? How do they look when they have to take advantage of a mismatch? Let's see how they look there before we make that determination. They're, they are currently, for what it's worth, they're three and two in the clutch so far this season, which means games that are uh, at or within five points within the fi- uh, within the final five minutes uh, of a game. So basically close game situations. They are three and two so far this season. And I, and I agree with those points because at the end of the day, especially when the going gets tough, whether it's in the regular season, whether it's in the playoffs, you need guys who can just who can get you a bucket. Right. You know, or create or draw a second defender and then get a bucket for somebody else or get a clean look for somebody else. And the Rockets don't necessarily like Alpi's the best guy that they have on the team at doing that right now. He's the guy who routinely draws a second defender. Uh, Fred Van Vliet has hit some big shots so far this season already, and he feels like the guy who's most equipped to deliver in those moments currently. Jalen just did that earlier, uh, earlier this week against Denver, where his quick first step against. Michael Porter Jr. drew in Jokic, and that's when he made that bounce past Alperin Shangun, cutting baseline for that dunk. So you know, like they, they have all their their moments, right? Yeah. But it's like, is there are any of those that guy exactly where they can pass him the ball to make those shots for sure? And I I just think it gets into the 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 heart of the discussion here is you know the Rockets have a, a finite amount of assets, right, to be able to make a, a splashy move somewhere, and it's just you look at this team, you also look at maybe the NBA landscape and. I do wonder, I floated the idea recently, and we'll have to you know, really visit this in, in greater detail on uh, a future episode, but the idea of them per- possibly pursuing like a Clint Capella type as their backup center, because right now it feels like backup center is the, the weakest link currently on this Rockets team. I'm still willing to give Jock Landale a little bit more time, hopefully, you know, gets himself back, you know, into fully into game shape and, uh, you know, before that again, the ankle injury, he's probably not at a hundred percent yet. So there's a lot of stuff going on there that has me, you know, cautiously optimistic that he'll be better than he currently has been. Uh, but in the minutes where Jock Landale played the, the two or three minutes that he got against the Nuggets the other day, that was the Rockets got, got cooked while Jock Landale was on the court and Ime had to pull him and couldn't give him any more run in that game. So if they were able to go out and get a Clint Capella type as their backup center without giving up too much in the way of assets, something like, Again, you could package Jock Landale and Victor Oladipo and a couple second rounders or a first round pick. The Atlanta Hawks are in the luxury tax. They need the savings. Onyeka Kongu has been amazing for them, so he's ready to take over the starting spot whenever they do move on from Clint Capella. It would make a lot of sense on both sides. And even Clint Capella was in a Twitter spaces the other day speaking in French, talking about the fact that from a business perspective and from a personal relationships perspective, a reunion, you know, him coming back to the Rockets could make a lot of sense on both sides. And he was saying this in the middle of the season. So I feel like Clint would probably be open to that and would probably be open to returning and, and coming back, even if it's in a reserve role. And he gives the Rockets a completely different look compared to Alper and Shagoon at that five spot. But then you also have the idea of maybe looking at a team like the Brooklyn Nets and the fact that, you know, their season is all over the place right now. And they've got this like smorgasbord of elite wings and three and D guys that if you added, I know we've floated the name here before, but if you added a Mikhail Bridges to this team that already has Dylan Brooks and Jay Sean Tate as wing defenders, Tari Eason, like you could just add another elite wing defender to this group. And then suddenly you just lean even further into that defensive identity, but it's just should this team be willing to make a win now move or should they make a win now move this season, which Mikael Bridges isn't, isn't exactly a win now move because um, he's young. He's 27, but it's definitely a more push your chips to the center of the table kind of move uh, than just standing pat doing nothing, letting the young guys kind of grow. 
I'm glad we're having this conversation, Jackson. This means the team is playing well enough to merit that conversation. I still think it's a little too early. I think as we go into maybe mid to late December, we have a better understanding of the complete picture or identity of this team and also how they look like. Then I can make a determination. Remember, star players are stars because they can elevate the play of their team. Shangun is becoming a star, right? Yeah, and, and he's elevated the play of his team. Shangun has shown that he can be good um, in those moments where he's kind of facing up or posting up and ne- needs to get a shot. Can can we see that? Can we see more of that from him in late game situations, which we already have this season? Can we can continue to see more of that? Can that be a constant thing for him? Can Jalen elevate in those late game moments like he did? And maybe not just score, but do other things as well. Is Fred going to continue to hit big shots? Let's see how those things play out because, you know, odds are, like we talked about, they may need a shot maker, shot shot creator. They have players who can become those. But if not, then maybe we, like we said, we revisit that conversation and go from there. But I I, I agree with you. This NBA, I think this current NBA is a very much team-based NBA. You have to have a good, solid team with good, solid depth. Yes, you have to have shot making, and the Rockets likely will want more shooting and shot making as well. But I do think, you know, right now as a team, they're playing into what the NBA is becoming, and that's a very good sign for you if you're a Rockets fan. Don't worry. The uh, shot maker, shot creator that the Rockets are going to get further down the line is just going to be Jason Tatum when he wants to be reunited with uh, Ime Udoka here in Houston. But that's a topic for another episode, another day. Ali Khan, you know the drill. Let everybody know where they can track you down at. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Rockets underscore Insider. Um, haven't been posting much, just just having a lot of stuff going on. Appreciate y'all's patience, but we'll be back posting soon. And make sure you're following us at Lockdown Rockets. That's going to do it for another edition of Locked on Rockets. As always, thank you so much for checking out the show. If you haven't done so yet, please consider subscribing wherever you listen to your podcasts, Apple, Spotify, Google, the Odyssey app, free and available on all podcast platforms. We're also available on YouTube. Just go to YouTube, search Locked on Rockets. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. But as always, thank you so much for watching. Thank you so much for listening. And we look forward to having you back right here at Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball. 